Rethink Retail, the evolution of retail in today's connected world. Welcome to the Rethink Retail Show, your source for the most recent trends and innovations in commerce. Join host Julia Raymond, Global Director of Research at Valtech, a global digital agency focused on strategy and transformation in retail, as she explores the most recent trends and innovations in commerce. This episode of Rethink Retail, sponsored by Valtech, where experiences are engineered. Hi, and welcome to the Rethink Retail show. Our guest today is Jay Altshuler. He's the Vice President of Media Transformation for Petco, a well-known pet retailer in the United States. Previously, Jay ran global media for Samsung and Unilever. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thanks for having me. Really happy to be here today. Happy to have you on. I wanted to start because just asking about your background, you were in tech. Now you're heading up some retail. What was it like on your journey and your career so far? Yeah, I really have enjoyed this journey. I've spent my career really focused on digital and data transformation. And while it may seem a little bit of a paradox kind of going from a tech company to a pet retailer, you know, what we've found is that Petco is actually the most advanced marketer that I've ever worked for. It's been exciting. I could actually just take a a step back. I, I just have to gush a little bit on Petco. It's just such an amazing company. It really all starts with the vision that I really bought off on, you know, healthier pets, happier people, better world. I kind of joked that pets really deliver unconditional love and who doesn't want to be in the business of unconditional love? Really love working for a purpose-driven company like this. I've really just welcomed the culture um, that Petco provides. Really just thinking about that plus, you know, kind of my role there. And ultimately, the fact that we have 20 million subscribers to our PALS program, you know, it's really an amazing community of very vocal and and active folks that tell us, you know, kind of how they're thinking about what we're doing every day. So there's amazing kind of feedback and data that we get. Beyond that, just having a relationship and owning that relationship with our end consumer was a prime motivator for me and kind of making the, the switch to retail versus some of my previous jobs, previous career, where we didn't have that relationship with the end consumer. I honestly believe that it's kind of impossible to be a modern marketer if you don't own that relationship with the end consumer. And especially in the the world of media, being able to have that relationship means that we have access to our POS data. And we have, like I said, access to our 20 million PAL subscriber list. And so we can create closed loop attribution models. You know, why that's so important for somebody like me, you know, when I'm going into the the boardroom and starting to explain how that marketing and media is performing, uh, because it's an investment. I have now closed loop attribution. I can start to understand how much I've spent and what it's returned. I've never had that level of sophistication at any other company. So, you know, in many ways, Petco is the most advanced company and the most advanced marketer that I've ever worked for. That's amazing that you are able to create closed loop attribution models for 20 million people who are subscribed into your PALS program. Is that something that has been in the works, building those capabilities for many years? I mean, you don't just become a leader, right? I'm sure it wasn't overnight. Yeah. You know, obviously it's something that I was brought in to to transform and to elevate, but the foundation has been there just because I think just retail by its very nature is a data-driven organization. You know, when you have kind of access to POS and you understand sales down to an individual SKU level across 1,500 individual stores, obviously that throws off a wealth of of information about how you're performing in a real-time basis. 
So, you know, really what I've been brought in to do is just help kind of connect up those pipes and make it easier for us to understand all of that information in real time and start to connect the marketing up to the store information. And we started to create that closed loop attribution. Absolutely. And you said sales down to the SKU level for 1,500 stores. That's a lot of data. Is there anything that you found insightful this year since COVID started about buying habits? You know, because a lot of pet food, you get it every month and it's very transactional. But what were you seeing? Yeah, that's a great question. We really have seen it almost through three stages. And it kind of mirrored what we were seeing kind of just in the, <laughs> in the human world. The initial outbreak, I would say kind of in mid-March, we saw that initial stock up. You know, people were kind of going to the store. They didn't know what was going to happen. And we had a, a run on, on a lot of our products. And we, we weren't prepared for that at first. Mm. You know, then as states started to enter into lockdown and, and people were quarantining, Obviously, people were, were looking for options that were more kind of online only options. And, you know, that kind of played into the strategy that we had at Petco. I mean, we've been, been investing into our e-com business for quite some time. And it actually really just accelerated a lot of the work that we had in the pipeline. What I will also say is that, you know, kind of being an omni retailer, I think actually provided an amazing competitive advantage for us during that initial lockdown time, we could use the the stores that weren't getting as much foot traffic as local distribution centers. And so we actually could ship from store and it, it cut down our, our shipping times you know, versus our competitive set. It gave us a huge competitive advantage. That's huge. That was amazing. I have to, to just really credit our supply chain and uh, the logistics arm of our team. I mean, just to see us Kind of move this dynamically and, and this quickly was amazing. You know, all at the same time, really just thinking about the health and well-being of our partners in, in the store. We remained open the, the entire time. We were deemed an essential service because we are, you know, that grocery store and you know that pharmacy for pets, and that was really fantastic. The government's recognized us as an essential service. Um, you know, but it's also a great responsibility staying open and making sure that you know we can really uh, ensure that the health and safety of all of our partners. And so. I will say, you know, kind of during that time, you know, that kind of third phase was really, you know, seeing folks start to go back out as states started to safely reopen. And, you know, what we realized that, you know, people, you know, wanted to figure out, you know, kind of how to get the best value and the best convenience, you know, while remaining safe. And, you know, something that we had in the, the pipeline was curbside delivery. And, you know, that was probably, you know, three, four months out. In April, when we, you know, really saw the dynamics happening of people kind of sheltering in place and, and wanting that as a as a service, we actually stood up in two weeks. So again, wow. amazing logistical feat. And just to see our company kind of react in that kind of time was fantastic to watch. That is really impressive. Two weeks to get anything done in any business is a tight timeline at that scale. Was that something where you partnered with other companies to stand that up so quickly? Or was it all internal? Can you talk to that at all? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was internal. Obviously, we, we have to rely on on certain partners for the, the shipping and logistics and, you know, kind of just transferring and where that inventory sits around the country to get it into stores. And so it is a huge ecosystem that we're dealing with. And our, our team are, are just superheroes. That's amazing. And earlier this year, and this I think might have been pre-COVID, you announced a pretty big partnership with Google to bring ads to shoppers at the local level. 
Was that useful during the pandemic? I mean, what did you guys scale back during advertising over this time to really focus on curbside or what did that look like? When I started at Petco and I, you know, I was just telling some friends that everybody knew I, I live in Westchester, New York, and, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, the, the Boston Post Road. Uh, of course, I love that store. And so what is really front and center in our minds is that, you know, we really are a community driven business. And we have to understand our business from a, a hyper-local lens. And like I said, we, we have over 1,500 stores and each of those stores have different business dynamics and different offerings. We are, are really investing into the services side of our business. You know, so when you go into a, a Petco, obviously have you know, kind of the, the food and supplies that you're used to, but you know, we're really investing into vets inside each store and trainers and groomers. So it's really you know, a, a holistic view of you know, kind of the health and wellness of pets. And I think viewing the kind of the business through that frame actually, you know, kind of helps us set the, the North Star for the, the company and how we service pets and, and pet parents. And so, you know, I, you were asking a little bit, you know, kind of just about the, the relationship with Google and, you know, kind of that partnership on a local level. You know, I kind of started uh, the conversation talking about, you know, our ability of understanding store dynamics and sales dynamics down to the skew by store level. And, you know, kind of partnering with Google and, and other companies that allow us to spend dollars and you know, kind of located against each individual store and each SKU in those stores are critical for us. And so, you know, now I can really start to adjust the dials by SKU, by store and change those investments in real time. Again, you know, this kind of speaks to the sophistication of, of us as a company. I've never had that level of sophistication in any other company before. Extremely sophisticated. And is that something, and I'm just riffing here, but for example, in New York, in the city, I'm assuming there's a lot of pet owners who have smaller animals because of the size of most living quarters versus somewhere in more rural areas where they can have larger animals. So these are probably different customers who need different products and to have that level of clarity compared to 10 years ago is amazing. I think that's a great point. And again, kind of just speaks to the kind of the hyper-local lens of our, our business. One of the, the trends during this kind of COVID time period is that, you know, people are consolidating their shopping experiences and shopping a little bit less. And so, you know, that means that the SKUs kind of change. You know, what we've noticed is that people are actually, you know, coming in the store a little bit less. Uh, so that means that they're, they're looking for larger package sizes of, of food, for instance. Right. You know, and that was something that, you know, we didn't necessarily kind of predict uh, at the beginning, but, you know, being able to kind of react in real time and, and change our skew profile, you know, in that way, again, kind of just speaks to the dynamic nature of the, the business and, and how we are you know, kind of constantly listening and reacting to what consumers want from us um, and being able to meet that demand. And then, you know, from a marketing standpoint, kind of investing into that demand. Certainly. And you did mention just a few minutes ago, you said we're really investing in the service side of our business. And you said that sort of sets the north. So is that something consumers are demanding in terms of full service? I want to come to a pet store, buy my pet food in bulk, buy toys for my pet, and also maybe get them groomed, maybe have them see a vet. I mean, is it is it all of those things? Yeah, it, I think it is all those things. Not necessarily all you know, in the same trip, but the idea of kind of having one-stop shopping, we, we, you know, kind of call it nose to tail coverage. Oh, you know, that's funny. It, it actually makes a, a big difference um, when you take a step back. For, for us, everything kind of ladders back up to value and convenience, you know, and how do we provide the most value and the most convenience for people? Part of that is being able to provide 
options of shopping your way, you know, whether that is completely online and using kind of repeat delivery. So you kind of set it and forget it and everything gets delivered to you or have that um, buy online, pick up in store, especially with, with curbside service or going into the, the store. But what we're finding more and more is that, you know, when people go in the stores, they're not necessarily looking for food and services only or food and, and supplies only because they're getting that through our online offering. You know, but what they, they really do need is, you know, kind of that assurance that they can go to a place that understands their, their pet and has their pet's best interest in mind in the same way that they do. They have a team surrounding them. And so being able to go to a, a Petco that you're already going to for, for food and supplies, and now, you know, having a, a vet that, that works there and understands your pet and, you know, a groomer and a trainer. And then when you start to kind of take all of that services and put it through an app, um, you know, where we can start to put all of those visits, you know, in an app and track it for you and actually start to be a little predictive in our ability to um, think about the health and well-being of your, your pet and tell you when, you know, there's the next vet appointment or when they need a vaccination. Or, you know, you mentioned kind of Apple uh, before. You can start to see the, the trends of what's happening kind of in the human space with wearables. And the same thing is, is happening with pets. You know, callers can start to be, you know, kind of predictive and understanding whether your pet has an allergy or, you know, whether there's hip dysplasia. And so, you know, we can start to be a really valuable partner um, in assisting you in that health and well-being of your pet and being very predictive and understanding you know, what your pet needs at that point in time. That would be very cool. I've also seen fitness trackers for your pet to make sure they're getting enough exercise and things of that nature. But when you spoke to your app allowing reminders like, hey, it might be time for your pet to get a checkup or to get their next grooming, that is convenient because we have so much going on in our minds and in our jobs and with COVID. So to have those little reminders where you don't have to think about it, you set it and forget it, that seems to be really helpful. Is that something that you thought of because of the consumer data? How did you find out that that's what they wanted? Yeah, you know, again, you know, we have a really strong community of consumers that like to share their their insights with us on, you know, kind of what they want from us as a, as a company and how they they care for their pets. And so we really, you know, believe that we, we have to be consumer driven and consumer centric. And so, you know, just having that, that strong relationship with consumer really helps us understand how best to, you know, think about our, our product offerings and services and, you know, what our, our consumers need. And so, mm-hmm. again, it really helped us, you know, think about where to, to invest. And so, you know, during this time period, you know, really investing into our online options, really investing into our, our apps and, you know, thinking about ways to, to give consumers the most convenience with the most value. Now, I have a question, Jay, for you just off the cuff here, because I've heard that there's about two different camps people tend to fall in in my conversations with them, especially marketers. And one camp is, you know, you have to ask the customer what you want. You have to be consumer obsessed and let them tell you. And the other camp is no, consumers don't know what they want, you have to tell them. People didn't know that they wanted phones without buttons until iPhones and smartphones started coming out. So what camp would you say you fall more into? It is a, a really great question. You know, I, I do kind of remember that that old quote from Steve Jobs that, you know, if you kind of asked uh, people kind of in the, the horse and buggy, you know, kind of what they wanted, they'd say a faster horse and buggy instead of a car. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that there, there is kind of this right mix of understanding, you know, kind of when you need to evolve your current offering and, and when you need to com- completely rethink it. And um, we honestly are driven by what is best for pets. 
And, you know, we know that when we're on the right side of, of pets, it's on the right side of pet parents and it's, it's best for Petco. And um, again, we, we didn't necessarily, you know, kind of ask consumers last year when we got rid of all of our artificial ingredients in the store. It's just something that, you know, because of our, our vision and our mission of, you know, kind of just healthier pets, we felt that it was something that, you know, we had to do because it was best for pets. And so, you know, I think that's a really great example of us not necessarily kind of taking direction from consumers, but really leading, um, you know, based on that, that strong vision and mission that we have as a company. Mm-hmm, because right at the opening of our conversation, you said healthier pets, happier people and better world. And so that aligns directly. Now, I wanted to move a little bit more into the role of the store because I've had a few other guests on the show. Jacob Pat from Champion Pet Foods. I had Brock Weatherup and we dabbled a little bit into what are the televet services offered today? What are the challenges? Is that something that your team or Petco is exploring? What are some of the challenges there? We talked about you know, kind of our our focus on services as a, as a core part of our offering. You know, we actually just opened our 100th in-store vet yesterday. Um, so it's kind of big news for us. Oh, congrats. Yeah, you know, we're, we're really excited and, you know, kind of vets in particular, you know, of all the services, you know, we think are, are, is really just at the, the centerpiece of, you know, kind of our vision of, you know, kind of transforming into a, a pet health and wellness company. In the same way that, you know, we are, are thinking about, you know, kind of omni solutions for, you know, kind of food or supplies, you know, the, the same has to be thought of in, in services. And so, you know, tele-training, telehealth, you know, obviously makes a, a ton of sense. And so, you know, we, we're definitely thinking about all of those options of, you know, kind of what consumers want um, in, in terms of the, the way that they are managing the health and, and wellness of their, their pets. And, and so, you know, we definitely want to, to figure out how to create that depth and breadth of offering. And when you say teletraining, that's actually new to me, but it makes a lot of sense. Is that where you might have someone available on demand and consumers can pay to access a trainer and talk to them about some of the challenges they're having? Or, or how would you describe that? It's still you know, something that we're thinking about and um, we're still working through, but you could definitely see you know, kind of something that is a little bit more on demand um, or even kind of a tune-in where we, we might have some amazing trainers on staff that are just part of our, our Petco team and, you know, being able to you know, kind of have certain times where you, you tune in um, or being able to have certain things that are on demand is definitely, you know, part of our thinking. And from your perspective, we've talked so much about health and wellness. It's not just a pet store. It's not a pet food store or supply store. It's, it's health and wellness for pets. What do you think caused that shift? Because I know, you know, for humans, there's been definitely a shift over the years for we want to know what the ingredients are, where they're sourced from, and a big push on that. When did it sort of come into the pet sector so heavily? Yeah, you know, I, I really credit the vision of our, our CEO, you know, who's been in, in the role for for almost two years. I think, you know, we, we really had that, that vision kind of with our, our CEO from the outset. And it, it does follow, you know, kind of the, the same trends in, in the human world. And it, and it makes a ton of sense. As we start to really think about how pets are transforming our, our lives, you know, we also like to say that, you know, kind of pets actually make us more human. We see that, that migration from, you know, kind of pets living outdoors and to really living at the, the foot of our bed and being you know, <laughs> part of our, our family. And I think it just kind of follows that same sort of migration path, you know, as we start to think about what we're putting in our own bodies, you know, the, the same 
care and thought goes into what we put into our, our pets' bodies. And Jay, I have to ask, because you are with Petco, do you have pets of your own? So we have uh, a Havapu, uh, which is a Havanese and Poodle mix that is coming in about two weeks. We're <gasps> excited. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And have you had a Havapu before or is this your first? This is our first Havapu. Um, I had kind of yellow labs growing up, but I have two girls, uh, kind of an eight and 10 year old, and, and they chose this one. And it, uh, <laughs> you know, this so cute. weren't my girl's choice, but we, we couldn't be happier. Well, I mean, it, it is nice. They are probably a little bit hypoallergenic. And then it's also, they look like teddy bears, right? So exactly. it's a win-win. Well, I would like to round out our conversation today. I did note we did a little research before we hopped on this podcast, and it's um, really interesting for our listeners, if you haven't heard this before, that Gen Zers and millennials are likely to spend more money on pet products than any other generation ever. So, Jay, in your perspective, when you look at the marketing sophistication that you're dealing with at Petco, I mean, it's it's a high level of sophistication. Is there a generational aspect to that? How do you segment? Yeah, you know, it, it's a really great question because we call our kind of current users. We we've did some you know, kind of segmentation work and you know really understanding kind of the, the psychographic and demographics of our, our current user base. And uh, we refer to them as adoring nurturers, which really, you know, kind of just talks about the, the way that they, they care for their pets. Our current user base tends to skew a, a little bit older, but we are seeing this, this new generation of, of pet parents, um, you know, that are especially actually you know, during this, this pandemic, you know, there's a, a lot of new pet parents and a lot of them tend to be younger, um, Gen Z's and, and millennials. And you're right in that they're thinking about, you know, kind of the health and well-being of their their pets, maybe a little bit differently than um, kind of the generation before them. Again, you know, really speaking to that migration from you know, pets living outdoor to the kind of the base of their their bed and becoming you know kind of parts of their their family. You know, because of that, that's again, you know, kind of speaks to the the fact that you know we we really are a, a health and wellness company and thinking you know kind of solely about, you know, what is best for, for the pets will be best for those pet parents. But when we notice their, uh, I'll just speak from, you know, kind of a media standpoint, you know, when we notice their, you know, kind of media consumption habits, I mean, it definitely skews a, a little bit more, you know, kind of digital uh, and social plays a, a big part in that. So, you know, we have a, a brand of clothing, um, pet clothing called Ready. Definitely encourage you to go check out that, that brand is a really fun brand. And, you know, I think just the way that we have marketed ready probably speaks to the way that we're, we're thinking about that, that next generation. We actually did a, a really fun partnership and kind of tie up with, with TikTok. And we worked with some awesome influencers, Jason Derulo and Hannah Stocking and, and uh, Dixie D'Amelio. You know, they're some really amazing. Wow. Yeah, some big names. And, um, you know, just had a, a really great time kind of working with those influencers, you know, who all have amazing pets. And, uh, you know, I encourage you guys to go on TikTok and, and check it out. But, you know, kind of we're just really thinking about our, our marketing kind of much differently today, knowing that kind of sight, sound, emotion doesn't have to be just limited to the TV and really thinking about kind of video and experience and, you know, kind of social commerce uh, you know, kind of much differently. And so I, I think you'll you'll start to really see that as part of our go-to-market strategy moving forward, um, you know, really leaning into to social commerce and really thinking about OTT and online video as some of our, our core 
storytelling channels. Absolutely. Well, Jay Altshuler, president of Media Transformation for Petco. It was great having you on the show today. It does sound like you guys are really transforming media, keeping ahead of the curve on TikTok, on video, you know, all these things that you're offering. So it was really interesting to chat with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, see you next time. You've been listening to Rethink Retail. For all the latest news on commerce and trends, join the discussion, rethink.industries.com.